0: Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are all elites. We'll talk about it. Plus, some big surprises at AEW's Fighter Fest Night 2. And Samoa Joe is getting back in the ring. For Thursday, July the 22nd, 2021, this is your Cultaholic Wrestling News. Day in and day out, for almost six years, I have proved to everybody in the world that I am the best on this microphone, in that ring. Nobody can touch me. This is a Daniel Bryan with fire in his eyes and fire in his heart. And I am willing to do anything. Do I have everybody's attention now? Yes! 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 Huge, if true, it's been a massive... Few hours in the wrestling world. So let's start at the beginning, shall we? About five o'clock local time here in the UK. It was revealed that CM Punk has held ongoing conversations with AEW, and it looks as if CM Punk is going to be making an in-ring return as part of AEW. This comes from Fightful Select, who say CM Punk has, quote, ongoing conversations with an All Elite Wrestling Company official about an in-ring return. Tony Khan's promotion is considering having CM Punk as part of their plans going forward. Fightful have also said, now there's been no confirmation of a contract having been signed, only that Punk is in talks. Uh, Other companies have uh, shown a bit of interest in CM Punk, as you would imagine, but however, no specific offers or overtures have been made towards Punk. WWE management also believe that CM Punk is heading for All Elite Wrestling. Now, this will be CM Punk's first in-ring activity for a long time. He had a run-in at an MKE wrestling event back in April of 2019, but hasn't wrestled since his departure from WWE in 2014. There is forever speculation. It is almost a meme Speculation about a return for CM Punk. He did admit late last year that he was open to wrestling again. He gave a list of wrestlers he loved to work with, all AEW stars. So this news coming out that there is conversations between CM Punk and All Elite Wrestling are certainly very intriguing. Certainly the the thing that you would probably bite on a lot more than other CM Punk rumor and innuendo that does the round. Very much looking like CM Punk could be making an in-ring return for AEW. Don't they have a big event in Chicago coming up? Just putting that out there. Uh, That was big enough news last night. And just a few hours later, it was revealed via Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net that former WWE champion Daniel Bryan has signed a contract to join All Elite Wrestling. Cassidy Haynes claims that Bryan Danielson is, quote, locked in and has 100% already signed a deal with All Elite Wrestling. He goes on to say that the deal contains less dates for the money, so he won't be there as a full-time wrestler but he will certainly be a part of plans and it also allows him and this is the this is two very important factors that I think would have swung Daniel Bryan slash Bryan Danielson slash American Dragon on signing with AEW. Uh, it gives him creative input on his character and the ability to work in Japan, something that uh, Bryan has said he is keen To do. Uh, WWE time for Daniel Bryan came to an end in April of 2021. He lost that Universal title match to Roman Reigns, banishing him from SmackDown in the process. Uh, Bodyslam.net have given more details on where, what we will see from Daniel Bryan and when his wrestling banishment will effectively end. Bodyslam.net say, we were told tentative plans creatively for Bryan Danielson's AEW debut. As of the time of this writing, 8.45 p.m. Wednesday, 7 21 21. the plan is for Bryan Danielson to make his AEW debut on September the 22nd when AEW heads to Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. Now, the plan was to hold off debuting Danielson until after all of their plans for all out wrapped up and to bring him in after the pay per view. However, this news of CM Punk's potential AEW debut may cause plans to change. We can tentatively expect to see Brian Danielson making a debut for All Elite Wrestling around New York City by the looks of things. What 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 a time! You blink and all of a sudden the landscape changes. We could be looking at CM Punk and Daniel Bryan being a part of All Elite Wrestling by the end of this year. But the news for All Elite Wrestling did not stop there. I agree. Look at this, Hikuleo from New Japan Pro Wrestling. We we mentioned earlier, he's got the best shot and it's coming up next week. What shape will Lance Archer be in next week when he has to defend that title in Charlotte and Fight for the Fallen? Yeah, Archer's 6'8". This kid's Yeah. I didn't realize he was that big. He's, he's immense. Man, what a showdown this is going to be, ladies and gentlemen. We can't wait to get you in Charlotte here next week. Paper number two will be a no disqualifications match. And it will be against a man who also doesn't mind breaking a few rules. A man who is the most sadistic, the most twisted, the most criminal human being ever to step foot inside of a squared circle. He once stabbed his opponent in the jugular. He once robbed a bank with no mask on. Ladies and gentlemen, labor number two, Nick Frankenstein! Surprise for everyone, ladies and gentlemen! Please welcome the new executive consultant to Andrade El Idolo, Chavo So there you go. The the names don't stop coming. So those three you heard there, Hikuleo from the Bullet Club, the son of Haku, the brother of Tamatonga, squaring up to the new IWGP United States champion, Lance Archer, in the closing moments of fighter fest last night uh, they have a showdown coming up next week you forget how big ukuleo is when he stands across from lance archer and just dwarfs him it's incredible he was there watching from the crowd the match and then at the end of the night as you heard there squares right up to lance archer see you next week mate also uh, nick gage gcw's world heavyweight champion is going to be facing chris jericho next week in one of the labors of Chris Jericho. No disqualification start. It's going to be an amazing showcase for Nick Gage. He has a match with Matt Cardona does Gage coming up this weekend. He's teased future clashes as well with John Moxley and Kenny Omega and was a, was a, the subject of an episode of Dark Side of the Ring. So lots to, if you want to find out more about Nick Gage, maybe that was your first time seeing him. Uh, there's lots of lots of documentation on, on Nick freaking Gage for you to enjoy. And a W WWE legend, a wrestling legend in Chavo Guerrero, made his debut for the company last night as Andrade El Idolo's new executive consultant. He cut a promo on the Death Triangle, talking about Lucha Brothers and why they work for Pac and not Andrade. Seems like we're setting up for Andrade versus Pac here. Uh, Possibly even setting up for stuff with Penta and Phoenix turning on Pac, forming some alliance there chava guerrero stirring the pot on his first night in aew dynamite so much going down uh, on not dynamite fighter fest night one that was a dynamite special wasn't it yeah it's fun uh, m- more next week on fight for the fallen uh, there's, there's big things happening with that company right now in fact a full breakdown of everything that went down at aew fighter fest night one will be available at cultaholic.com this morning Staying with AEW, we have ourselves a date for Cody versus Malachi Black, formerly Alistair Black. It's happening in two weeks at AEW Homecoming in Jacksonville, Florida. Cody uh, says he wants to put the match on free TV uh, and emphasized that on Twitter last night. Homecoming is a bit like Blood and Guts Fighter Fest, like a special edition of Dynamite as opposed to a pay-per-view. So that is where we're going to see Malachi Black's AEW in-ring debut against Cody. Dave Meltzer on Twitter dropped two bombshells about returns to the ring. First of all, Samoa Joe uh, looking to set, set to face Karrion Cross for the NXT title at the next TakeOver event that's going down the day after SummerSlam, August the 22nd. Samoa Joe's last match was almost a year and a half ago, uh, February 10th, 2020. It was a multi-man tag match on Raw. And then he had uh, suffered concussion issues and other issues that meant that Stepped away from the ring completely, took up a commentary position on Raw, got let go from the company, got hired back very quickly to be part of NXT, and we're building up to this: the in-ring return of Samoa Joe, squaring up to Karrion Cross. He'll no doubt be cross. The other one uh, mentioned by Dave Meltzer is Ridge Holland, who is set to make a return very soon. Ridge suffered a really, really awful injury when uh, he caught Only Lorkin on a dive and pretty much shattered both of his both, both of his legs. Multiple injuries to his legs on something like that. Very simple, meant that he was out of action uh, for, well, oh, almost a year. Uh, it looks like he is in amazing condition. And he's going to be back in the ring very, very, very soon. And Finn Balor was on the bump speaking glowingly about his time in NXT he says for me personally I feel like it's the best work I've put into my career to do that at 19 and 20 years into your career is quite strange I feel like I've just started to come into my best stride in NXT in recent months I am so grateful obviously for the opportunity to be in NXT and to be part of new NXT landscape that has completely changed the guys here have completely changed the boundaries of what NXT is to be in the ring with guys like Kyle and guys like Pete it is impossible to not have a good time some of his best years have been in NXT he's now on Smackdown I genuinely hope that can continue for him Twitch.tv forward slash Cultaholic it's a Thursday you know what that means it's Sam Driver Night on our Twitch stream make sure you join Sam tonight uh, from 6pm British Summer Time the return of Love You by Friday is imminent tomorrow 4pm British Summer Time it is you it is I and it is live calls to the isolation station cannot wait to be a part of your afternoon tomorrow. It's been a long time since we opened the phone lines on Love You Bye Friday. I'm really looking forward to having a proper catch-up with you. It's going to be a good, good time. YouTube.com forward slash Cultaholic for the latest wrestling news throughout the day, plus a whole bunch of lists, uh, ranked videos and stories behind amazing wrestling matches. You'll find it all at YouTube.com forward slash Cultaholic. And for the latest On the impending arrivals, apparently, of Daniel Bryan and CM Punk to All Elite Wrestling, check out Cultaholic.com. I will speak to you tomorrow. Don't forget to join us. Love you, bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. You're still here. So, you may have seen doing the rounds on Twitter just the other day uh, a papyrus, which is an old sort of scroll type thing, which had details of the first ever fixed wrestling match on. This is a little bit of a, a bizarro thing that did the rounds on socials. And funny enough, about a year and a half ago on Wrestling Curiosities, our semi frequent podcast looking at the weird, wonderful world of professional wrestling, we did a whole special about it. And I thought you might like to hear it. So, here it is love you bye professional wrestling is fake not my words the words of many detractors of the sport looking to win an argument with an ardent fan this is in fact incorrect if it was fake then, then surely that would mean wrestlers wouldn't compete at all mankind being thrown off the top of hell in a cell that that's not fake that very much happened Something as basic as, I don't know, Braun Strowman throwing Seth Rollins across the ring. That's not fake either. There was some voluntary assistance, but it happened. There's no puppetry. There's no CGI. Definitely happened. So the word fake is a bit of an anomaly here, which makes the argumentative statement, wrestling is fake, a little bit moot. If you were to say wrestling is fixed, or wrestling has predetermined outcomes, then, yeah... You'd be correct. I'm hoping that in this medium, I'm, I'm not bursting any bubbles today. And I hope you appreciate that I'm not being offensive to the art either. Obviously, if I discover that Hulk Hogan defeating the Iron Sheik wasn't a planned outcome, and it was merely Hulkamania legitimately running wild, I promise I'll be the first to tell you. Professional wrestling is fixed. The outcomes are determined ahead of time for dramatic artistic effect. If you've been listening to Wrestling Curiosities since the start, you will know that this hasn't always been the case. Legitimate wrestling matches, some rather indecisive but quite dull, were what sports entertainment was built on. It was only when the sport became legitimised that that changed, ironically enough. However, there is one recorded case of a wrestling match being predetermined that dates all the way back to the times of ancient Greece and caused a scandal that almost tarnished an entire family. The epicentre of the fixed wrestling controversy is the city of Antonopolis, founded on the east bank of the River Nile. Antonopolis was built deliberately close to where Antonus drowned. Who was Antonus? Well, he was one of the Emperor Hadrian's favourites. Many report that he was actually Hadrian's lover. Introduced to Hadrian around 123 AD, the emperor adored Antonus, and together they toured the empire. Antinus lived a life of luxury with Hadrian, but it was a life cut short. It was on a tour of Egypt in 130 AD, where Antonus fell into the River Nile and drowned. Now, we don't know if this was misadventure or something more sinister, but what we do know is it devastated Hadrian. He deified Antonus, giving him godlike status, and founded Antonopolis in his memory. As well as a city and the status of a god, Antonus is commemorated with the Megala Antonia, the sacred games of Antonus. It was commonplace in ancient Greece to hold sporting events in memoriam of noteworthy folk. We talked about this a bit in episode eight of Wrestling Curiosities, namely the wrestling contest between Odysseus and Ajax that was held at the Patroclus Games. Spoiler, it went to a no contest, and Odysseus got given Patroclus' magic-infused armour at the end. Go check out that episode if you haven't done already. It's quite a tale. The first ever Megala Antonia was held in 131 AD, a year after the death of Antonius. The city was still under construction when the games went underway so there were all kinds of issues bad crowd control the venues weren't ready accommodation was lacking the wi-fi was pretty ropey all of that the second one held four years later was much better and drew audiences of commoners and dignitaries from far and wide it was a city-wide festival of achievement not only were there great sporting contests taking place, but there was competition in the arts too, as music, literature, and theatrical events also took place. So if you didn't feel like watching the chariot race in the Antonopolis Hippodrome, you could just go to the plinth down the road to watch Greeks' brightest thrash it out in a poetry smackdown for the ages. Across the games each year, the judges would crown an overall winner across all contests, who would be crowned Divine Ephebe. Antinous, essentially meaning the divine reborn young Antinous. Now, this wasn't just a fancy title. Oh, no, no. This meant much, much more. Unlike other memorial games where the prizes would be items from the collection of the deceased, the prize this time was a promised life of luxury. The overall winner across the games would become a citizen of Antinopolis and would live in the city, all expenses paid for the rest of their lives. The same treatment Antonus received from the Emperor Hadrian would be granted to the winner. A life wanting for nothing. So whilst each individual sporting event reaped its own financial rewards, if you were to win the overall prize across the Games, you wouldn't need that money anyway. Sadly, not much information about the winners of the Sacred Games remains. However, one striking bit of information was uncovered pertaining to a controversial wrestling bout that took place at the 138th Games in 267 AD. Information from an ancient papyrus tells What's a papyrus? us... What's papyrus? Um, it's, it's sort of like a thick paper they used to use in Greek times. What did you just say, thick paper? Why are you showing off with big... Ah! Information from an ancient papyrus tells us about two contestants at that year's Games and a controversial transaction that changed the game forever. The wrestling contest was between Aurelius Nicantinus and Aurelius Demetrius, both golden boys of the region. Nick and Dem were ephibes, both around 19 years old and training for Greek military service. In fact, pretty much all the competitors in the Sacred Games were Ephebes. It was a way of training for future combat. And to visitors of the city, it was showcasing the strength and skill of the next generation of soldiers. So if anybody came to the games with plans of, I dunno, invading the city, they'd get one look at the raw talent in that city's army and immediately be put off the idea. Nicantinus and Demetrius were rivals in real life. Both wanted to stand out in their military training and be the best. Both wanted to succeed over the other, and both wanted to catch the eye of the superiors. Both men had made it to the finals of the wrestling contests at the Games and would be keen to prove absolute dominance in their feud. However, this doesn't seem to be what happened this day. The father of Nicantinus made a financial offer to Demetrius' training team to throw the fight. Now, Team Demetrius clearly agreed because a contract was subsequently drawn up between both parties. We have an extract of that very contract on this ancient papyrus, discovered by an exhibition team and translated by King's College London professor Dominic Rathbone. Demetrius has agreed with my son when competing in the competition to fall three times and yield, receiving through you 3,800 drachmas of silver free of risk. If Demetrius himself contravenes any of the written terms, you are of necessity to pay as penalty to my son on account of wrongdoing three talents of silver of old coinage without any delay or inventive argument. So this basically meant Demetrius was gonna lie down for Nicantinus. And if he didn't, there would be financial hell to pay. Two copies of this were written up, one for each party, and were considered binding between both. So what happened that day? When the final match got underway, the crown hanging in the balance, two young hungry rivals stared across from one another. Did everything go according to plan? We don't actually know. Sadly, the results of that year's Sacred Games are lost in time. But there's bigger questions that remain, such as why? What sparked this match-fixing controversy? Obviously, money talks. It does as much now as it did then. Touring athletes around the ancient Greek times, those who made a career out of attending memorial games like this, made good money to do so. But as with wrestling in 2019, these guys were independent contractors. If they didn't wrestle, they probably didn't get anything. In some cases, their home city would look after athletes in the autumn years of their life. There were pension schemes set up for athletes that represented cities, but there'd been a long-running dispute about professional athletes collecting their pensions, and there was concern that the athletes wouldn't see any of that money for many, many years. You see, the retirement age of a professional athlete historically has always been low, and a lot of cities complained that they shouldn't be paying out wrestlers in their late 40s and early 30s pension pots that are saved for much later in life with concerns like this in the air a tournament like the one at the Megala antonia was a welcome cash boost you see whilst the overall winner would get the aforementioned prize of a life of luxury even if you didn't win the ultimate prize there was big prize money for whatever tournament you competed in and won however if you didn't win you got nothing There was no consolation prize. Literally, the winner got the big cash prize, second place and below, you got nothing. You merely became a footnote in history. And you can't buy a sandwich with a footnote. If all parties stuck to their contractual obligation, Nicantinus would win the big money, but Demetrius would be financially compensated too. And that must have very well played on the mind of Demetrius and his team. Perhaps Nicantinus... Who had proven himself throughout the games, had some doubts about his skill in comparison to his rival. Maybe deep down it was Nicanthinous's father, the one who brokered this deal, who had similar concerns of his son's skill, especially after a grueling tournament. Also, is this thing even legally binding anyway? Like if Demetrius tore the thing up and dropped Nicantonus with a package pile driver, would the Greek equivalent of the Athletic Commission have anything to say on the matter? (laughs) thing we do know is that this transaction very much changed the way we think about wrestling a sport that was built on who was the strongest was suddenly very open to interpretation shall we say now maybe the winner of a wrestling match could be whoever was chosen to win yeah yeah maybe maybe instead of wrestlers being 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 in a battle to find out who the top dog truly is somebody could maybe promote certain fights And predetermine the outcomes to manufacture intrigue, maybe build tension, maybe suspension. Maybe these outcomes in these wrestling matches could be predetermined for dramatic or artistic effect. Turn wrestling into some sort of sports entertainment. Maybe it could. Can't see it happening, though, but it could.